Side Nancy. You hear any drilling, thawing, or they're uh, renovating my apartment, so bear with us. It'll just sound like you're walking through a Home Depot. Nothing serious. Yeah, no big deal. It's been a while, but we're back. <laughs> this is the holiday edition. No, it's not really the holiday edition, but the holidays are going on. And I'm sure that Nancy, along with me, we wish you all a happy holiday. Um, hope you have a wonderful week planned. Be safe. This sounds like the ending instead of the beginning. <laughs> right. I don't know why you doing all this, but uh, people don't even respect Thanksgiving no more, so what the fuck? I mean, actually, it's called Friendsgiving now. Right. So. <laughs> right. Get familiar. It really is. I wish I had friends to do Friendsgiving with. I wish you would stop uh, acting like you don't have a family, first of all. But anyway. I've seen them enough. Okay. Now, some people that don't have families should cherish what you have. That's overrated. Okay. So what's new to you? Whoa, what's new to me? Wow, I never thought you would ask. I was giving you a chance to ask me since you always complain about going first, but I was like, well, he's just going to keep talking about holidays, so whatever. Yeah, I don't mind going first this week because I have so much to cover. Okay. What's new to me? Well, what the first thing that's new to me is one of the best comedies on television that no one's talking about. That show would be Search Party. Search Party comes on TBS, which is... Uh, revelation of its own. That's no shade to TBS, who ever since they rebranded into being a comedy network, they've done fairly well, but they've catered to, like, Tyler Perry mostly, (laughs) but they've been making strong efforts to put on, like, really outstanding comedies, and Search Party is definitely one of them. I was amazed that no one talks about this show because I heard about it via commercial, so I saw the commercial promoting the second season, I said, let me watch the first season, and I fell in love with it. Search Party is a murder mystery comedy. It stars Aaliyah Shawkat. I'm bad with names. She stars as Dory. And Dory is this hapless 20-year-old something that's struggling to find a purpose. But she gets obsessed with this uh, missing college friend, or college acquaintance, who's going missing, and she's obsessed with finding out what's happened. So... Like, each episode is her trying to find her college acquaintance, and it's crazy as fuck. The cast is funny. Everybody looks like they belong here. There's no real miscast. I I, I love her character. She's just so frantic. She feels like she's a stable woman, but she's really not. And it's kind of like a play on millennials, too. Like, they, like, this really holds the mirror up to our generation, and it's, it's not pretty. Uh, another thing I like about the show is that 
it keeps you guessing. Like the plot twists and turns is really good. Like I was every episode, I was wondering what's going to happen next. The season finale was really good. Uh, the season two premiere happened this past weekend. Uh, we got two episodes last night, so the show takes a really dark turn after what happened season one. So now it's more like, instead of a murder mystery, it's more like a thriller now. But it's still funny, just really darker. And I love it. Uh, the showrunner said it's like a millennial Nancy Drew, and that is pretty spot on. So if you have any time, you feel like binging something, binge Search Party. It's funny. I even say, as far as fresh comedies go, it's up there with The Good Place. Mm. It might, it might low-key, it might be funnier than The Good Place. That's that's me, though. Damn. I could be, I could disagree, but I think it might be funnier than The Good Place. That's shocking coming from you, because you, like, The Good Place uh, president of the fan club. Yeah, I really love that show. It's, it's a really good show. More people should watch it. Uh, secondly, what's new to me is show from Stars. Stars has been putting out some really good programming as of late. Everybody loves Power. Uh, American Gods got a lot of buzz. Uh, you had the dearly, the recently dearly departed Survivor's Remorse, but they had a show come out last year that flew under the radar for me, but I caught up to it. It's called The Girlfriend Experience, and man, this is some. This is some shit. Like, this is probably the best show about sex work out. Uh, girlfriend experience about this intern, law intern, who happens to be a law school student by day, and at night, she's a high-class call girl. And the first few episodes are really slow. Like, you're trying to, they building up, you know, a story, but... That shit picks up. It picks the fuck up. I I was caught. I was caught all up in this shit. Like, and it's it's really fucking graphic too. Like, not like porn, but it's it's. I, I say it's more graphic than Cinemax porn, but it's not porn. Uh, it's the kind of show that. You really have to engage. You have to put your phone down and watch this shit because, like I said, the first few episodes flow, but when it picks up, it picks up. And then the show, during the middle of the season, it kind of turns into, like, this business thriller because she's a call girl at night, and she ends up fucking all these rich white guys, and she also ends up fucking her, uh, one of her coworkers. And yeah. that shit gets real out the rails. By the end of the season, the show is going in a whole other direction, and her whole life is upside down. She's trying to do some new shit, but overall, I was impressed with it. Season two started earlier this month. I watched the first episode of that. I don't know where the hell the show is going to go, but I'm in, I'm excited. Like I recommend this show. If you're into dramas that have slow bills and huge payoffs, the girlfriend experience. And last on my list is a movie I didn't know anything about until yesterday. It's called Beach Rats. It's a Sundance film that's getting a lot of buzz. And I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. It's White Moonlight. <laughs> uh, 
But I don't mean that in a backhanded way. Like, I mean that in the best way possible. Because similar to Moonlight, it's about a boy coming to age with his sexuality. However, unlike Moonlight, which I've heard a lot of people criticize Moonlight for, it goes there. Like, that beach scene, that kiss with Astra Sanders on the sand, that is, like, you put that shit in a Disney movie compared to what, what else is in this movie. Oh, shit. Like, it... It goes there, and I was I was cool with it because I felt like I, Moonlight didn't need that, but for this movie to do that, I was like, okay, well, let's let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, uh, Beach Rats is about this aimless teenager, this nineteen year old. He's pretty much slowing through life. He has some shitty friends. He's just like going for the ride, basically. Uh, his name is Frankie. And Frankie has a habit of going on chat room, talking to men, but he doesn't do anything with them. He just talks to them at first. And he flirts and he pulls back. But then he goes about his regular life as a, you know, a regular teenager. And it's like real pressing that he doesn't, you know, mention that he might be gay because he doesn't want to, you know, appear to be weird compared to his, you know, Brooklyn friends who all they do is do drugs and vape and just do stupid teenager shit. And throughout the film, he starts experimenting. He actually starts meeting these people online and uh, he gets himself in some crazy situations. And it's just really compelling. Like the kid that's playing Frankie, his name is Harris Dickinson. This is his first big role and he knocked this shit out the park. Like, I'm going to go ahead and say that his role in this movie, I will put it over Ashton Sanders and Moonlight. Damn. Like, it's something about his eyes, man. Like, he just, I don't know. I, I don't want to compare the two because he has way more screen time because he's in the entire movie. But his eyes, man, you can see, like, the conflict in his life. And, like, that kid did a really good job in this movie. I don't know how much buzz this movie will get or if it get picked up and people will start putting it on the, the press circuit but he did a really good job in this film to be so young and new it was just a really good movie for it to be done by uh, Elsa Hitman this is a second movie it was really good now the third the third act falls apart I felt like the ending could have been way better uh, that's, that's one of the reasons why I say it's not Moonlighter because the shit falls apart like unlike Moonlighter Moonlight, they had a strong ending, to me at least. This movie didn't. It could have done better, but the in the middle, really good. And like I said, the kid playing uh, the main character, Harry Dickinson, he just really knocked it out of the park. He was really good. And this kid, like like I said, the kiss in Moonlight ain't got shit on this. This boy showed everything. Like He got butt-ass naked in this movie. Whoa. And, he did a lot of shit that a lot of new actors, well, a lot of actors wouldn't want to do. He he put himself out there, and I, I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that somebody doing that for the sake of the story and art. And I don't want people to think I'm slighting the movie by calling it White Moon, like because it's 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 different. Like it's it's more about him really exploring his sexuality, where Moonlight was like way had way more layers than just that, and he he really gets you know, ex- explore it or whatever. But it's a good film. I recommend it. 
like watch it, talk about it. Correct me if I'm wrong if you don't think it's White Moonlight. But it's a good movie. Hmm. That's all I got. Okay. Well, first on my list of what's new to me is a movie I watched a while ago. And I don't think I ever told you about it. It's a Netflix movie. Uh, it's called the, bear with me here for this pronunciation, The Merowitz Stories. Have you heard of it? It's called The Merowitz Stories, New and Selected. And it stars Adam Sandler, Ben Stiller, and Dustin Hoffman. And basically it's about uh, Ben Stiller and Adam Sandler are brothers, half brothers, and they have a sister. I can't remember who plays the sister, but oh, the parents die. No, well, so Dustin Hoffman is their dad, and um, Adam Sandler and the sister are from his first marriage, and then Ben Stiller is a son from his second marriage. So they're I, I have heard about this. This this was on my list to watch, but I didn't watch it. I don't know what happened. It got lost in the shuffle. Yeah, I just, like, saw it on Netflix one day. I was like, oh, I'll just watch this. So, basically, it's about... Um, the Dustin Hoffman, is a he's an artist. He's, like, a older, struggling artist. And um, it, it's, it, they're a weird-ass family. So, the, the one that seems to have the most, like, common sense is Ben Stiller. He's, a, like, a... He works in architecture, I think, if I can remember correctly. I can't remember. Uh, but Dustin Hoffman is an artist. And uh, Adam Sandler's character, he was a stay-at-home dad. Uh, and then him him and his wife just got divorced. And they all, all three of the siblings all have these issues with the dad because he, like, he was so, like, consumed with his art when they were growing up that they didn't really have, like, the best relationship with him. And even more so for Ben Stiller, because he, he, he wasn't, he wasn't creative. Like, like, Adam Sandler was creative. He did music. Uh, the sister did some kind of other art. But Ben Stiller's character, he didn't, like, connect with his dad on that level. And, uh, so they're all, like, struggling to, like, basically find their place in each other's lives as adults now that they um now that they aren't forced to be around each other they like are trying to 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 find a way to be around each other and um not have all not hold all these grudges and shit um and it's really it's really weird like it's a quirky ass movie like if you watch it you'd be like what the fuck is this um, Adam Sandler is like dealing with his divorce and his daughter's gone off to college and he moved in with, with Dustin Hoffman and his wife who's an alcoholic and he don't know what the fuck he's trying to do. He, he's trying to date this woman and it's not working out. And, um, uh, in the middle of all this, uh, well, I don't want to tell that part cause that's kind of a spoiler, but it's a really quirky movie and I think you would like it. So you should watch it. Uh, another movie that I watched also on Netflix and also starring Ben Stiller is called while we're young. Uh, and it's him and Naomi Watts plays his wife. And in this movie, Ben Stiller is a document. He's a filmmaker. He made, he's ma- he makes documentaries and he's made this one documentary that was kind of a hit. 
And then he started working on another documentary and he's been working on this film for like 13 years, something like that. Something crazy. He just, he's a perfectionist and he just can't get it right. So one day he meets this guy, this young guy who he becomes friends with. And uh, Ben Still is obviously like in his 40s and he meets this guy that's in his 20s and he thinks he's so cool. And he starts like, being inspired by him, getting all kinds of energy from him, and he meets his wife, and he introduces, Ben Stiller introduces his wife to the guy's wife, and they all start hanging out and, like, doing all this weird young hipster millennial shit, and nobody gets it. All their older friends are like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Like, y'all acting like kids, and they are just, like, sucked into this world, and uh, it has a, a bit of a twist at the end, because the guy is also a filmmaker. And um, so you can't really... The, the guy is a filmmaker and Ben Stiller's wife's dad is this really big, famous filmmaker. And you kind of get that he's trying to, like, push his way into their world for some reason, but you don't quite know. You you got to wait till the end to, to figure out what, what's really going on. But it's a really another really quirky cute movie that i think you'd like and oh and the guy what what is the guy's name that plays kylo ren uh i don't know his name but, but it's adam about. something adam driver i think but that's the guy that he that plays the young millennial filmmaker guy and let's see, what else did I watch? Let, this this is something that I watched that from Netflix. Not from Netflix. Um, you know, you asked me why? Why did you watch that? Why did you watch that? I, I watch stuff now if there's literally nothing else to watch that I feel like is going to be actually good and substantial. I just watch whatever the the big tentpole movie of the year was or whatever. So I decided to watch. Fifty Shades Darker, and I just want to say that if you like the Fifty Shades of Grey movies, something is fucking wrong with you, because that shit is weird and stupid. Interesting. Not, not the BDSM part. I'm not sex shaming you. If you like that shit, okay, cool. But the movie like itself. That <laughs> that's if, that, if that's your thing, cool. Whatever. Do you, bro. But these movies are dumb as hell. They're dumb and they're weird. And I saw, I had seen somebody before say something about this movie. Like, this isn't BDSM. Like, he's abusing her. He is. This is. This, Christian Gray is abusive. Not so much physically, but he's fucking mentally and emotionally abusive. And I don't understand what's sexy about this. Like, he tells this girl that she's his property and that she can't do what something if he doesn't approve of it and all this bullshit i'm like this is not sexy this is fucking weird and it's not okay and if you like those movies you're weird you're fucking weirdo okay I, also i like to add if you're into uh if you really want to see a, a funny probably more realistic portrayal of that you should watch the movie secretary uh, listen the movie Secretary is a dope ass movie. Yeah, Secretary was really good. Also, uh, not, I mean, of course, uh, the girlfriend experience is it's more about you know sex work and whatever. 
not necessarily what beauty is. Um, that's just a good ass show. I'm sorry. I'm you, you could get your rocks off watching it because the shit in there is like kind of wild. <laughs> but man, that shit is weird. I don't. I don't get it. I'm like, like y'all. Like he is talking to her crazy. Like the and then the acting is fucking horrible. They're not even cute. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, this is supposed to be sexy. Y'all, already, they not even sexy. Like, and it's just, it's so like some of the stuff that happens in that movie is so awkward. I, I'm like, like it makes me uncomfortable. I've, I don't think sex scenes in general make me feel a level of discomfort, but this shit makes me feel like anxious. Like I don't like it and I don't understand how you can like this shit it's not sexy okay alright alright <laughs> you done? yeah that was cute I could talk about another movie to lighten it up but or we can move I'm, on so, well, what's it, it, first of all is, is it on Netflix? yes of course Oh shit! I'm trying to make this accessible to, to people because there's a lot of shit on Netflix and people haven't watched every fucking thing that's on Netflix, Robert. Okay. All right. Cool. So I watched a movie around Halloween time called Little Evil. Have you heard about that? Because nobody told me about it. I just saw it on there. Um, no. And it's like a parody of a scary, of kind of like the omen. And it's this, the main character is this guy. He starts dating this woman. He's really head over heels in love with her. She has a little boy. And he's a weird little boy. And he thought he was just, you know, kind of, you know, just a strange kid at first. But they end up getting married. He marries the mom. And, like, some crazy shit happens at the wedding. Like, it starts raining and fucking tornadoes. And, like, it it just, like... And he comes to the conclusion (laughs) that this little boy might be possessed. And it turns out the little boy is the Antichrist. And... Um, so he goes on this quest, this journey to figure out what to do about this little boy, if he should kill him, if he should try to get him, uh, try to have a a exorcism or what he should do to get rid of the, the, the demon. Um, and it's pretty funny. I laughed out loud a few times. So that's something light and funny that you can watch instead of. Um, fake-ass BDSM. Okay. All right. <laughs> we, we should just do a portion, a Netflix portion of the show. you just a fucking hater, man. Like... That's a segment. Everybody, everybody has Netflix. Everybody don't have a fucking fire stick. Everybody doesn't have the Cody download, Okay. I mean, you could go to you could go to uh, probably a, th- a theater. And, and every some- and everybody doesn't care about your fucking elitist ass uh, movie festival movies. I'm just just trying to bring people to light, trying to show them better things. I'm trying to show them good things that they can get their hands on, that are accessible okay. to them. Okay. Are you ready for the segment? Next yeah, segment. Go ahead. Now you go ahead. I started the last one. Okay. Well, unfortunately, 
this this is making me really sad and I never thought I'd see the day where I was like upset that I was getting a new NERD album um we're getting a new NERD album we don't know when just sometime soon uh presumably it's called it's titled no one ever really dies which is the acronym for NERD and the reason why I, I'm not too excited about it is because they put out their single Lemon and it's not good at all. <laughs> the the well the best part is Rihanna's verse. Like Rihanna sounds like the shit on it. Like I love Rihanna rapping. But besides that, I we could just throw the whole song away. I really don't like it. Um it just doesn't sound I don't know, man. Pharrell's just lost it. And and We've talked about this before about how Chad is probably the person behind, but this don't sound like Chad had shit to do with it. Like it just, it just, it just don't sound good, man. And then the 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 album has a lot of features which we've never seen on the NDRD album. Like they they've had features here and there, but like features of this album. Um, reportedly include Andre 3000, Future, Wale, Rihanna, Ed Sheeran, M.I.A., and two songs with Kendrick Lamar. So, uh, like, I, I'm just, I just feel like it's not going to sound like N.E.R.D. Because that Lemon song sure doesn't sound like N.E.R.D. Uh I mean, we won't know till the album comes out. I know, and I'm really trying not to, like, be negative about it until I hear it, but I'm just not excited about it at all. I mean, did, did you look at the full track list? No. Yeah, there's a full track list out. No, I don't want to look at no track list. I just want to hear it. Oh, yeah, here it is, actually. Oh, man. Like, why do y'all got two songs with Kendrick Lamar? He's Kendrick Lamar. Gucci Mane's on here. Oh, man. I don't don't know. It's a no for me. It's it's only 11 songs. Yeah, but... And and I'm not a stickler. I'm not one of those people like, oh, no features, blah, blah, blah. I usually don't give a fuck about features. But when it comes to certain artists I'd rather it just be them and the songs could be great for all I care but it's just I just got a, I just got a feeling that it's not going to feel like an NERD album so what's your first piece uh, my first piece is fans um, of the one well of the no longer existing HBO Deadwood could be looking at a pro, at a big surprise next year. No way. Yeah, a Deadwood a Deadwood revival seems to be in the works, but it's not like another season. It'll be a film. <gasps> you know, my mama loves Deadwood. Yeah, this like, has been talked for a while. Uh, this from TV Line, the highly anticipated Deadwood film has been in talk since August 2015. And creator David Milch said earlier this year at a convention that he turned in a script that would appeal to fans and non-fans alike. HBO programming boss Casey Bloss said that the script is terrific and has been talking to directors. Deadline previously confirmed that former cast members have been approached about their availability 
also that they are inclined to do a film if they can get over certain hurdles. From non-HBO sources, we also heard some of the former cast members have also read the draft of the script, and they are excited about possibly working on the project. So that's good news if you're a fan of the Deadwood series. I I watched Deadwood. I enjoyed it. Uh, it's now infamous for its uh, extremely profane language, which I really loved on the show because, I mean, shit, why not curse in the West? So... I'm excited about the possibility of a movie. I wouldn't mind them doing this with other shows as well, doing just like little send-off movies or movies wrapping up, maybe, you know, plot threads that they didn't finish. Like, I feel like Kirby Enthusiasm could have had a movie done instead of another season because another season feels just too long, especially when it's been gone away so long. Just do a movie. Yeah, um, my mom was gonna be really excited about that because that movie—I mean, that show was her shit. Yeah, it was a good show. Yeah, she she loves anything about western with westerns. So, uh, so my second piece is that Universal uh, is making a movie out of Terry McMillan's novel "I Almost Forgot About You," and it's gonna star Viola Davis. She's also producing. And it's going to be directed by Malcolm D. Lee, who directed Girls Trip, the breakout film of the year, which I just rewatched and it's still hilarious the second time. Um, so, yeah, she's going to play, Viola Davis is going to play Georgia Young, a twice divorced successful optometrist. Despite a life full of great friends and family, she hasn't felt a romantic spark in a while. And she's feeling bored and restless. She decides it's time to change. Time to change, and goes on a wild journey of self-discovery, reuniting with old lovers, and getting a brand new lease on life. I pass. <laughs> Why? That doesn't sound interesting to me. Low key, uh, Terry McMillan. Right. Uh, I've never physically read her her books i've only seen the movies but it seems like she's writing the same book over and over again i mean kind of sort of not really uh waiting to excel i mean hell no you you really never read a terry mcmillan book <laughs> uh disappearing access nothing like those books waiting to excel was different when it first came out the sequel was horrible uh stella got her groove back now that now those two sound similar but Stella, the book was really good. It was better in the movie. At least I think so. I never read this book uh, mentioned. I think that was towards, like, when she started nosediving because the quality kind of... After... I'll say after Waiting to Excel... No, I'll say after Stella, it's kind of like... Mm, it kind of just started getting bad. Like, getting happy, the Waiting to Excel sequel was really bad, so... I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I, I don't, we've never seen Viola really happy, like, 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 on some, like, just super fine, having fun type shit. So maybe that'll be fun to see, but I'm, I, I pass. <laughs> I, I'm not going to the movies to see that. It'll, it'll make some money, though. Make money. Good thing you have a fire stick. Man, shit. If I, if I did not, if I, even with one, I won't watch it. Wow, damn. Yeah, it's, it's not appealing to me. 
Okay, can you, what's your next piece? Oh, uh, oh, I was gonna mention Kevin Spacey. No, oh, okay, what about him? How do you feel about it? How do you feel about House of Cards continuing without the main character? I think that's stupid, but okay. They just canceled the show. Well, well, the news happened when, like, they started production. You can't just scrap the show then. So, is he not going to be in the next season at all? I thought he was going to be in this season. No. Oh. Well, that's dumb. I don't even give a damn no more. I mean, you know he's not, I mean, spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't watched it and you found out about reading something, he's not the president anymore. So, it doesn't even matter. Just cancel the shit. So you don't even care about watching, like, his wife? No, I don't care about her. I don't care about her without him. Interesting. Because they're a team. Like, the whole the whole series, they, it's been about, like, them working together as a team to get what they, to get what they wanted. And if he's not there, then we're, the, there's no team. She's boring by herself. Even there was a season, I think the season before this last season they did, he uh, was, uh, they they were kind of feuding. And I can't remember if they were going to get a divorce or they were just, they were just like not getting along. And it was whack. I hated it. I was like, this is dumb. Like the show doesn't work when they're not working together. So no, I'm not interested in, uh, in House of Cards without Frank uh, Underwood. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. You don't think they can pull it off? I mean, be. I don't know. I don't know if they could pull it off. I just wouldn't want to see it. He's the best part of the show. He's literally, uh, he's the best part of the show. Like, why would I watch it without him? Even if it's the last season, though, I mean, this is like, this wraps up all the stuff. What, what if they kill him off the first episode? That's stupid. I don't want to watch, I don't want to watch it without him. And I'm not saying that they should let him be in it. Like, if they made the choice that he's, you know, fired from the show, then whatever. But they should just cancel the show. It's a little too late for that. And if did they if they started had started production when this shit came out like so they are rewriting all these episodes without him like how is this gonna work? Well, they I don't think I don't think they've officially started filming everything. I think they're getting things set up because he was he was dismissed from the set when the news broke and told not to come back. Damn. And honestly, the show I mean this is probably this is probably even before the news breaking this is probably gonna be if not the last season. Close to the last season, anyway. So, I don't know, man. Shit, shit. Hey, Buffy did it. Hey, Buffy Vampire Slayer killed Buffy off, and the show went on without a hit. So, I mean. Well, I ain't never watched no Buffy. I'm just saying it's possible. Granted, they did bring her back, but whatever. The last piece that I have is PBS is doing a documentary web series called Pops fatherhood the untold story and it's a series that's going to focus on black fathers oh my god sorry siri is trying to open up and i'm i don't want to talk to you siri uh so it's an 11 part documentary series about black fatherhood it launched on pbs 
Uh, and it sheds light on black fatherhood through the stories of four African-American dads. LaGuardia Cross, who we all know is the YouTuber who is famous for doing the interviews with his little girls. One of them is like a four-month-old baby. Another one's like two. Uh, Shaka Senghor, a formerly incarcerated best-selling author, striving to make a difference for others like him while being present for his toddler son. Uh, Christopher Ennis and Shelton Stroman, a gay couple grappling with the challenges of guiding their adopted sons into his teenage years. So we got a nice little mix there. And uh, I think this is dope because not saying that absent fathers aren't, it, it's a problem in the black community, but as a person who grew up, both of us who grew up with our fathers in the household, like, it's good to see stuff like that because, like, you know, I don't have the experience of, I don't know what it's like to not have my daddy in my life. And it's dope to see stories where that I can relate to in that sense. And um, I'm going to watch it. So, yeah, uh, uh, 11 parts is way too long, but I'll definitely <laughs> check out, like, the first one. Yeah. I that and it is that's good. That's a good thing. You know, I think we need to talk about the black fathers that are there cuz honestly, I mean, I'm starting to think that either people don't know a lot of people. I mean, don't get me wrong though. I mean, deadbeat dads totally exist. Like horrible fathers whatever. But there are a, a lot of great fathers and right. I know a lot of great fathers personally. I know a lot of people that are married and uh, with wives and children, and they have the whole, you know, traditional house unit. And, mm-hmm. you know, people act like that doesn't exist because, you know, uh, they have other situations that don't have like that or they listen to, you know, a song or they watch a movie or whatever. But those family units still exist. And, I mean, they're more prominent than you think. Right. So, yeah, that, that's great that they highlight that. That's good. Yeah. Cause people don't people really shit on fathers though. It's like <laughs> it's no, like daddies oh, daddies don't get no respect. No, nah, they don't. Father no one no one takes Father's Day seriously as Mother's Day. Fuck father's no. Day is so disrespected that on Father's Day mothers compliment themselves. Right. <laughs> right. And That's like, how bad Father's I, Day is. And I hate is. that I mean, shit. I'm like, look, I get it. You your baby daddy, your ex husband, whatever, is not fucking helping you with this kid, but you still are not a father. Yeah, it's it's a tricky man. It's, it's a tricky situation, you know. I I, I don't, really don't have much to say about that part, but yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'll watch it. Not all of it, but I'll watch the beginning. Yeah, I'm uh, gonna watch the the one with um. I don't know if they if they like split them up and they like have their own episodes or if they are going back and forth between you know each of the the families or what. But I want to see the the YouTube guy because he's funny to me. I don't even know you. But... Yes, you do. You have seen those. You know the the guy that he like interview with the three month old and he like makes it like put subtitles up like the babies are talking. Uh, you must have showed it to me before. I know you've accidentally seen it. I know you scroll past it. Possibly. It's a black guy with glasses. <laughs> 
I'll send you a video and you'll be like, oh, yeah, I've seen this. My last piece is something I plan on watching probably today. It's the documentary called The Problem with Apu. It's by yes. comedian Hari kind of Bolu. Bolu, yeah. Uh, and he's, uh, this is like a labor of love for him. It's, uh, like his passion project is airing on True TV. And Harry takes up the stereotypical character that's, I didn't know was this big of a controversy. I mean, I figured it was like something that, you know, people didn't like because of how over the top it was. But obviously it's a really big deal. Um, for people that aren't familiar with The Simpsons, man, I'm like, who the fuck are you to not be familiar with The Simpsons? <laughs> there's a character, there's a South Asian American character named Apu who works at Quickie Mart, and he's every racist, stereotypical trope in the book that's tied to South Asian Americans. He has this thick accent. He's uh, he works at a uh, a fake Seven Eleven. Uh, he's just all the bad stuff, all the stereotypes, and uh, it's real offensive. And he's mm, also voiced, voiced by, by a white man. man. <laughs> so, yeah, there goes and Harry goes into like this deep, deep, deep research. He go, he talks to the Simpsons creators. He talks to the man that plays. He talks to other South uh, Asian actors and other people how they feel about the character, and it's. From what I saw in the trailer, it looked really promising. He really has an issue with it. And, I mean, he has every right to have an issue with it because, like I said, I watched The Simpsons mostly as a child. As a child, I had a, like, I thought the character was weird because he was just so over the top. But then growing up, you know, it really stood out that, man, this shit is kind of fucked up, especially when you find out that the guy voice was white. Right. And you just, you know, and there was one part in the trailer where the all of them the South, you know, Asian people do the impression and they're like, when they go to Hollywood casting, they'd be like, okay, do the Apu. Or, you know, they have to do this voice. And it's like, we don't all talk like that. So, it seems to be a very noteworthy documentary. I'm probably going to watch it soon. It's airing on True TV, not Netflix. So, you know, go ahead and check that out. I'm pretty sure you can watch it online on True TV. Probably have way to stream it. That's all I got. Yeah, I really want to watch that because he's. I listened to his podcast with uh, W. Kamau Bell, uh, politically reactive, and he talks about it. He's been talking about it a lot over the last almost a year. So. Yeah, man, buggy stuff. Yeah. Okay, so now what's the biscuit? <laughs> I mean, the biscuit is. Well, it's award season coming, and with the award season coming up, that means films have to be submitted for categories. And a popular movie from this year has been submitted, but not under the category many people wanted to be submitted as. Uh, the movie Get, Get Out, the surprise horror thriller social commentary film from earlier this season, was released, and it made a lot of money. And it got a lot of critical acclaim. It's pretty much overall a very uh, well-received movie. So it's no surprise that it's making its way to certain uh, categories for awards. But the studio decided to submit it as a comedy, 
because there one is no horror category, and also it probably wouldn't stand a chance if it was nominated as best picture or drama or happy. So they figured comedy would be the best way to go. Right. And a lot of people have taken issue to that. Uh, Jordan Peele himself, who you know made comments saying that Get Out was a documentary, LOL. He also said that the movie, you know, isn't funny. It's not a laughing matter. And other claims, other things he said, and other people have taken issue with it being um, submitted as a comedy and what have you. But, I mean, if you ask me, my opinion, what's the fuss about? It's a movie. It's it's a social satire. Satire is a a subgenre of comedy. It's, It's comedy. So... I don't see the great issue in this movie. First of all, y'all, people like complaining about how racist Hollywood is. We all know Hollywood is racist. Secondly, people always talk about these war shows being racist. That's why we have the Image Awards, the BET Awards, and those black award shows to highlight black people and art that get overlooked by the Academy Awards and the Golden Globe, SAGs, Emmys, what have you. So why is it when they act like they act, y'all get surprised? Then also, it's like it's nominated for an award. It could win this award. Who knows? But the movie is a horror film, and people don't take horror films. Well, Hollywood typically doesn't take, uh, well, Academy with the awards shows don't really take horror movies seriously. There's no category for it. So they send it as a comedy, and it has a chance to win. So, I mean, what's the big deal here? I mean, Get Out was a solid movie. It was a good movie, but it's not the fucking color purple. Like, where's the travesty, necessarily? You know, people will talk about, so this is not a laughing matter. It's not, this isn't funny. Well, I mean, Lil Ray's character is there for comic book. Like, I mean, the nigga literally telling jokes in the movie. Look, and it, the movie just damn sure wasn't a drama. If you thought it was a drama, then I don't know what the fuck movie you watched. And y'all, honestly, let's be real here. This movie's lucky it's getting a Golden Globe nomination because it wasn't that good. The idea of the movie was better than the actual movie. And that's no shade. It just wasn't that great. And I think it's because, for one, Jordan Peele has, this is a directorial debut, so... I mean, he's still learning. He don't know, you know, everything about directing or writing movies. And I, I don't know. It just, it was, it was cool. I liked it. I enjoyed it for what it was. But I didn't think that it was just something that is so important and so above being classified as a comedy. It just, that it just wasn't. Yeah, it was a fun, it was a fun, campy movie. Right. To me, when I first heard the premise, I was like, this shit is crazy. Like, how is he going to, like, execute it? And when I saw it, I was like, oh, okay, it's like a horror movie where white people, they're the villains. That's cute. So, to me, it always had a campy charm to it. And I felt like it would end up being, like, a cult classic, you know? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's not that deep, y'all. Y'all talking about, like, all these, like, oh, man, it's talking about this and that and that. And, yeah, it does touch on certain topics like, you know, uh, racism, of course. Uh, I guess organ harvesting, y'all say, yeah, you know, uh, 
science experiments done, you know, uh, medical experiments done on black people, which a lot of people also had issue with and said that was no laughing matter. I mean, it's a slippery slope. I know people that didn't want to watch the movie because they said that that was controversial alone, the idea of people, you know, black people being operated on, you know, by white people for, you know, uh, pleasure or, you know, evil purposes. So a lot of people didn't want to fuck with the movie along with that premise. So it's like, you know, you can you can play that card if you want to as well. So it's, it's a slippery slope. And like I said, it's a satire. It's a social satire. Like Hollywood Shuffle, <clears throat> done by Robert Townsend, is a comedy, essentially. But it's very deep. Like comedy right. isn't an insult. There are different levels of comedy. Comedy right. has subgenres. Like all comedy isn't just slapstick. Right. Like, like so I, I, just, I don't understand consider- why considering something a comedy is insulting when it's clearly it was written by a comedian first of all like it a comedian wrote this movie so what a great deal of comedy in it right like like can't tell me little rose character isn't up there because when i was in that motherfucker people was cracking up people were laughing in my theater so i'm just trying to laugh my ass off my i'm trying to understand where the lie is I don't know, man. I think people are doing the whole... Uh, people are getting, like, J. Cole stands with this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to have a certain level of intelligence. Like, you, and you really, really don't. Because, first of all, it wasn't it wasn't that deep. The plot low-key fell apart. Because it's like... <laughs> <laughs> because I was like, okay, so... I was more concerned with, like, the movie. Like, when I watched it, I, I, I was like, okay, the message, okay, whatever, cool. But, like, what the fuck is happening? So, like, these people are putting their consciousness into these black bodies, and then what? It's going to be a whole town full of black people. Like, uh, they're doing surgeries, but they, it, it was just it just kind of got weird at the end. I was like, okay, what the fuck are they doing, actually? And, it got real over the top. Like, it started falling into, like, sheer fantasy. Right. And that's why I'm. That's why I say they should be lucky. It's getting even this nomination because, it, like, movies like that typically don't. Like, when you start getting, when you cross that line from like reality to like because I tell you what, shit. if if this, if this movie was the same movie except the it it didn't have any black people in it, if it was a white boyfriend that she was bringing home, she was bring kept bringing home white boyfriends and do well, nobody pay attention to this shit. Well, nobody Hell no. well, nobody paid attention to this it movie. Would even, it would have been just another horror movie. Right. And it probably would have actually been scary. Yeah, if you yeah, if you're right though, if the, if it was all white people with the same premise, it would have just been another slasher movie that people would have saw and forgot. Right. And it never would have well, it wouldn't have got nominated nearly, for shit. No, I wouldn't have gotten nominated for a damn thing. So I'm just like, like, where's the outrage? Like, I don't get the real outrage. It just seemed like a bunch of people that want to be fake deep and like whining about nothing. Like, I didn't walk away from the movie. I, I walked away with like, man, that was a good movie. You know, yeah. I told people it was a good movie, but I didn't think it was that fucking deep, honestly. I was more, you know, people were shocked that it got nominated as a comedy. I was shocked that the shit got nominated for anything. I was like, damn, they out here getting Golden Globe nominations? Shit. 
and, and to keep it real, I think Tales from the Hood, as far as being a deep movie, was way deeper than it is. I ain't never seen it. Yeah, Tales from the Hood had a lot of, it touched on a lot of shit, like slavery to police corruption to uh, to gang violence. Like, Tales from the Hood had some, 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 some deep shit going on there. You know, and that was like, uh, like real, a real straight horror. It like it was straight to the point. Like it was a horror movie. And so was Get Out. But Get Out tried to be, I guess, a smart man's horror movie. I don't know, but yeah. I just don't. I just don't get the outcry. I don't get the the crying. It wasn't. About it. it wasn't that great, and y'all are making me hate it. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was honestly a Chappelle show stretched. It was a Chappelle show skit stretched the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Was cute, you know. I mean, Jordan Peele's a good. He's talented. He showed me he has real deal talent. Cause I didn't like them nigga show. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, Peele, Jordan Peele, Key and Peele, whatever. That shit is corny. It's not funny. The show, it's not funny at all. So I honestly walked into this movie kind of with low expectations. Me like, too. I walked in with the lowest expectations because I thought that shit was corny. I thought it was corny ass shit for talking black people. Like, you know, and that's a whole another subject. And you know. Whatever, you know, y'all, there's certain humor for certain niggas. Right. It was never funny to me. So I walked into the movie with like, man, this shit might really suck. Then I walked away, you know, like, blown away, actually. I was like, yo, it did. I think that's why I like the movie more than I should have liked it. Because I walked in with the lowest expectations. Because I was like, man, Jordan Peele. Like, they made a movie about a fucking cat with guns and shit. Right. Um, this shit might really stink. Right. It was better than what I thought it would be. <laughs> You know, but it but, wasn't that damn good, so y'all need to shut up. Yeah, get over it. And, and then, if it does win the award, people will be like, ah, that's what I'm talking about. Black excellence. Hashtag uh, carefree black boy. Hashtag <laughs> uh, we out here. Hashtag uh, black globes. Ha- hashtag, hashtag I'm rooting for everybody black. Right. Hashtag ain't it funny now? Who laughing now? Hashtag. <laughs> I need to see who else is in this category that's actually going to win. Uh, pull it up. Pull it up. I'm about to pull it up right now, actually. Well, are the, I don't, are the nominations out? Uh, I don't actually. I actually don't think they are. Look up movies submitted, maybe. I don't know. Get out to compete as a comedy. Yeah, I don't think they're out yet because everything that I see... Oh, nominations will be announced December 11th. So, so what if it doesn't even make the cut? <laughs> Find me. I'm sure there's five other movies or, or however many movies in the, in the in the category that deserve it more. Y'all just, you know what? Never mind, never mind. That's it. That's all I got to say. Now what do I say? I was going to say the problem is that whole the, the whole statement that, that, that Issa Rae says, I'm, vote, I'm rooting for everybody black. That's the problem. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in vote, uh, rooting for everybody that's black because everybody that's black isn't good. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the truth. Like, everybody ev- like, I cannot do that with, like, my whole, like, I love black people and I think black people create some of the dopest art there is, but I do not believe in 
voting for somebody or rooting for somebody just because we're both black because black. you might black, make some black, trash black huh you said what blanket loyalty yes because you your shit might be trash like why would i why would i root for you when i can root for this other black person or even a white person or somebody who's another person of color that has a better product than you do like that doesn't make any sense to me like, I'm going to root for everybody that's black? No, because everything black isn't good. Just because it's made by, by a black person does not mean I need to root for you. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, you should watch blah, 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 because... No, I'm not watching that because we're black. We're both black. Like, what the fuck? It's trash. I'm going to go watch fucking Game of Thrones. You laughing, wow. but I hate that shit. You think this is a comedy? This funny to you? Yeah. I just I hate that shit. I I I I wanna edit it, edit that statement and say I'm voting for every rooting for everybody that's black and making good quality art. Uh uh. Cause everybody can't be black excellence. Uh Keep that in mind. Put it in your pipe and smoke it. Wow. On, on that note, yeah. <laughs> What's next? Uh, let's talk about uh, Stranger Things. Um, can't really remember much about Stranger Things. Uh, <laughs> Every year it's going to be Stranger Things 3, Stranger Things 4, The Strangest Things. <laughs> the Strangest Things. So season two was a lot better than season one. Season yeah, one, yeah, got straight to the point. Straight to the point. Season one was a little slow, but this one was like, "Look, we here. We about to hit the ground running." Uh, so Will's back. He got some issues from being in uh in the upside down, and he's going through it. He keeps having all these episodes where he's seeing this big monster and he's like back inside the upside down and he's all confused and discombobulated and they're taking him to a doctor that was that's at the the lab that they that had uh was holding 11 hostage and shit and uh it it it's this season is really different because for one thing like will was only in like two episodes the first season and he's in all of these episodes. And I, I, know, I know a lot of people that say he's like the best actor, the best child actor on the show. Um, I think he's pretty good, actually. Because he has to show the most, he has to show the most, uh, the biggest range of emotions of all, of all the kids. Besides 11. 11, though, uh, Millie Bobby Brown, who plays 11, she's really good. My cousin pointed it out to me. She was like, you know, she's really good because she has to uh, convey a lot of her emotions without talking. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, she doesn't talk a lot because she, like, just learned how to really talk. But, but the kid that played, uh, that played Will did, I mean, uh, he did carry the whole season, basically. He did. This season was was all about him. Like, the first season like, was like when, um when, uh, what's my boy, Mike? Is mm-hmm. it Mike? Mike. Yeah, when Mike was telling uh, his mom that he was possessed and how he was a spy and all that, and he broke down, he mm-hmm. was like, no, it's fine. I was yeah. like, oh, shit. I was yeah. like, man, don't hurt him. Yeah, like, that was good. Like, damn. I was like, what, what if he's telling the truth? Yeah, yeah, that was really good. 
And I like that whole thing about it, like how he was, you know, spying and, and telling the, the Demogorgons where they were and stuff. That shit was cool to me. Um, so I guess the overview of this, like the synopsis of this season is that it's like a year after all the shit has happened last season and um, Eleven has gone, been gone for a while. Well, she's been quote unquote gone. This is the kids have not seen her. Uh, Will is back trying to get back into like daily life and figure out like, you know, how to move on from all the shit that's happened. And the closer they get to the anniversary of him going missing, he starts having all these episodes. And one one on the writer who plays his mom is like fucking out of her mind. Uh, <laughs> she was out of her mind the first season, but now she's like always needs to know where he is, like checking on him every five seconds. It's really annoying, but very realistic because uh, I can definitely see a mom like really doing that with her child that's gone missing like that and went through something crazy. And um, and Eleven has been uh rescued by Hopper the the police officer and he's like hiding her in this little cabin and shit and she's 11 is like I like that they're showing that she's just like a kid she's like a bratty teenager she don't want to stay in there she wants to go see Mike she wants to go see the other boys and he's like no like you need to keep your ass here so you can be safe and we get a little- I like the relationship yeah, it was, I it was, uh, it was really cute. weird at first, but it got, yeah, it got real cute. Yeah. Uh, how did you feel about her going off on her own adventure and meeting, like, the other people, like, she met eight and how all that? I, I thought that was, like, something they could have, like, left on the cutting room floor. Yeah, that part was useless. Um, now, her going to meet her mom, I mean, it, it is what it is. It's whatever. Like, she wanted to see her mom. Like, so I feel like she, her character needed that, but I didn't really care. But her meeting eight and all that shit, I was like, this is fucking pointless. Because at first I thought I thought that eight was going to be, because they started the season with her. And so I thought, oh, man, like, it's going to be another 11, like, integrated into the story. But she didn't have shit to do with what was going on with, <coughs> with uh, Will and all the boys and shit. I was like, okay, that was pointless. But I thought also, oh, maybe they were do- going to do, like, a spinoff or something. I don't know. But it would just, if they're not doing a spinoff, then it's pointless. Like, what the fuck is the, the, the point? Um, I like that we got at least two, I can't remember if it was two or three episodes where she reunited with the boys. But I thought that she would, I was like, man, they're not even going to see each other till the last episode. But it was... Like the, I want to say second to last episode, maybe, but um, yeah, yeah. But I like that all the boys, because when it comes to like ensemble casts like that, like uh, with especially with like a group of kids, it's kind of like easy for the kids to get like lost in the sauce. But all the kids have like their own personality, and they are all like developing. Like, actually, they're actually giving them, like, some character development. And I like that. Uh, I like Dustin's relationship with Steve. That little duo was cool. You said what? I said, in seeing his teeth. Oh, my God. Here you go. About the damn teeth. Um, Everybody made it this season. 
from the nerd at the arcade to Eleven, it was a thing. <laughs> anyway, and I like Max. Um, the first. Oh, I was actually, like, who's your favorite? Who's your favorite new character? Um, my favorite new character. Well, my favorite new character is dead, so that don't matter. Uh, <laughs> he was too pure <laughs> for them. Said what? Said rest in peace, Bob. Man, listen. They didn't deserve you, Bob. Um, I didn't think fast, but... You said you didn't think what? I didn't think he would go so fast. Yeah. I wasn't surprised, but I was real bad about it. Uh, Max is cool. Like, I like that they put her in there and Eleven is not fucking with her. <laughs> She's like, uh, why are you talking to Mike? Get the fuck out of here, bitch. And her brother... He's a little much. I don't like that. Like he like really was, seems like he didn't like he Billy. Was, huh? You didn't like Billy? No, he really seems like he'll kill somebody, and I don't like that. Like he scares me. I like. I love his look. I, that lost boys. Yeah, he the, the look is love. it's a fucking look, honey. He's serving, but he he scares me. I'm more scared of him than the fucking Demogorgons. Like. He's scary. Like, I thought he really was going to kill uh, Lucas. And I couldn't figure out, did he want her, her to stay away from him because he's black? Or is she, like, I, I was trying to figure out that what was going on there. I think there was an underlying theme of that. Because I couldn't really I figure it out. What about, uh, so how did you feel about, well, I will say one of my favorite parts my favorite new character well more well-developed character was lucas's sister oh my gosh and she's gonna be in season three more she was hilarious gosh she, she was cracking me up lucas get on my fucking nerves to be quite frank yeah like honestly other than, i mean he's black i love him off the strength of that but he's like my least favorite kid sometimes yeah because he's the logical friend it's like dude shut the fuck up mm-hmm. like like first season i hated him so much He's the one that won't let them have any fun. Yeah, it's like, man, god damn. Let's stick out your ass. Right. So how did you feel about the kiss? What kiss? Uh, the kiss on the, um, on the show. Between, um, uh, I can't remember now. <laughs> Somebody, one of them kids kissed each other shit. Um, Will's brother and, and Nancy had sex. Oh, Jonathan and Nancy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was fuck that comment. I was like, okay, like, I didn't give a fuck about that, their whole relationship. Um, I don't know who kid who kids that, Eleven and Mike kiss? Yeah, I think it was Eleven and Mike. Oh, I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't, the the whole, like, teenage angst shit, like, I'd I be so over it. I'd be like, ugh. <laughs> I'd be wanting to jump on the TV and be like, tell her you like her. Like, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> you know, that kiss really wasn't uh, originally planned. No, I don't care. Uh But anyway, overall, it was a good season. Mm-hmm. Left for a good hang. <laughs> mm-hmm. I uh, 
it, it makes me excited for season three. And you know, a lot of times there's a sophomore slump with uh, certain shows, but it, it's like improved so much from the first season. So now we're going to talk about Justice League. And it was pretty much just how I thought it would be. Like, didn't love it, didn't hate it. It was cool. It's it's the best. No, it's it, to me. It was like right. It was like right below Wonder Woman. Yes, I agree. Because Wonder Woman at least had a, a to me a, a more streamlined plot. Yeah, like the Wonder Woman was damn near perfect. Dare I say? It was good. It was damn near perfect. I, I when I say perfect, I don't mean like one of the best movies I've ever seen. I mean for what it was, it was damn near perfect. It was a good origin story. Yeah. But uh it definitely picked up low key right after that movie to me, mm-hmm. you know. Uh they tried to fit all the movies so far into one. Um you you get you get a lot of Batman versus Superman layover. Of course, we already mentioned the Wonder Woman layover. It was they tried to mix it all together, but it was a lot of like things that just didn't really fit for me. Like the villain was just really disposable. He was generic as fuck. Right. And then he looked like some shit out of like an old video game. <laughs> and, and, Another thing about this movie, the CGI was horrible. Like, what the fuck was up with Superman's face in the beginning? <laughs> that shit was so weird. I feel so bad for Henry, the actor that plays Superman, because he's getting, man, they dealt him some shitty hands. Like, he, he, to me, he's a very serviceable Superman. Like, he has the physique. He has the charm. You know, they barely let him beat Clark Kent. But when he does do it, he does a good job. I like him as Superman. It's just that the writing they do for him is just really not that great. Yeah. And he's trying his best to make the most out of it. But goddamn, Ben Affleck returned as Batman. I don't have a problem with being as Batman. But man, they make Batman so fucking useless in these movies. Right. Grant, I have always, I told you this, Batman works better as a street level uh, superhero. Like, he's better when he's like, Kitchen purse snatchers and shit yeah, like that. Yeah, because he doesn't have any fucking superpowers. How the fuck is he gonna help you when you are fighting a god or an alien? And help mentioning it too. Oh my like, god, damn! Like, yeesh. Like they said, it like, like it was like the running joke of the movie. I felt bad. I almost like, like, are we really gonna keep saying this shit? Like, and he old as fuck. Yeah, the D age, yeah, the age Batman's kind of like, uh, like there was a report that Ben Ben won't be back to play Batman. Possibly Jake Gyllenhaal name's been in, and I'm cool with it because they all look the same once they put the fucking mask on anyway. <laughs> white man and a Batman. That's cool. Yeah, all of them look the same. You just see a white mouse and blue eyes. <laughs> right. So whatever. But um, now Aquaman. Somebody made a funny, hilarious point that Aquaman wasn't even Aquaman. It was just Jason playing himself. Yeah. He was just those. What'd you say? I said, yeah. <laughs> like, just like. Cal Drogo speaking English. I liked, him. I liked him, but I just thought him and um, I thought him and Flash were like competing too much with jokes. Like right. I thought like let let Flash be the funny guy and let Aquaman just have like you know just be the badass that had a funny quip here and there. He needs to be like, 
making fucking stand-up material. Right. It seemed like they were trying too hard for the jokes. Yeah, some of it was a little forced. Uh, I did like their version of Flash, but I don't feel like he's Barry. I feel like he's more like Wally West. That's just personal beef of mine. Um, mm, don't know who the fuck you're talking about, but keep going. Oh, my God. Anyway. <laughs> Overall, that was a solid movie. Like, if I had to give it a rating, I would give it like a six point five. Like, how many black emoji like, fists? Like two of, and a half out of five. Two and a half out of five. That's not that bad. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, it could have been a lot, but I feel like the next one will be much better. Yeah, it may. I tell you what, it made a lot more sense than. Ooh, Batman vs Superman, cause that that movie was fucking horrible, and like I still like when I thought about it, I was like, you know what? <laughs> like I almost forgot how bad the movie was, and um, what kind of made me scratch my head was they was like, oh Superman, not gonna want to see you when he wakes up. I'm like, I thought they were made up at the end. I they did. They, I thought they was cool. They did. I was confused too. I was like, okay. I need to mention that to somebody else because it's like nobody mentioned that part. I'm like, why do they keep saying he's not going to be happy to see him when they literally made up? Like, they was like, yo, I got your back now. We got the, my mama's got the same name. Cool. Right. I think um, the best part of the whole movie for me was the race scene. I thought that was cute. That was fun. The very that was last like, thing that had nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> that's something the kids used to always talk about when we were younger. Like, who would win the race? Superman or Flash? And that was really the best part of the whole movie. I feel like Josh Wheaton did that. Like Scott Snyder had yeah. stepped down. He was pretty much done with the movie. And I feel like if Josh Wheaton went back and like touched up on some parts and reshot some things, I feel like that was him at the end of the movie. You know what I didn't like about The Flash is that I feel like there weren't enough scenes of him actually moving fast. Like they would slow it down so we could see what he was doing, which is cool to an extent. Well, I was like, okay, like, I want to see him move fast. Like, I want to, like, blink and, like, he's going. You know what I mean? Cause yeah, like, kind of like how they did Quicksilver. Yeah. Yeah. Quicksilver was way cooler in um, the the Marvel, the Avengers, and the X-Men movie. So, yeah. Yeah, I really did like Quicksilver and, uh... Uh, yeah, I was going to say something else. Damn it. Um... Oh, the best thing about the movie was that it was only two hours long. And I was thinking about that. I said, that's a damn shame that I have to be excited about a movie being only two hours long. Because they could have easily fucking stretched that shit out to two and a half. Two, they say that the cutting room for uh, shit that like, they took out like, I think a 45 minutes out the movie. Good, because honey, it didn't need to be any longer. And Cyborg was getting on my damn nerves. I was like, he was like a brooding teenager. Like, get over yourself. Yeah, I was over him. Like, I would actually be pretty, uh, I don't think it'd be pretty cool if I came, if my pops, you know, saved my life and had me hooked up the robot. Right. I'd really be like, oh shit, turn the fuck up. I mean, you probably, I mean, he doesn't have a dick, but I mean, you can fly. <laughs> I feel like that's a fair trade off. <laughs> Well, I didn't think about that because I've never had one, so I I didn't see that as being a loss. (laughs) Hey, shit. It's kind of not. Like, 
why not? Shit, you can fly, you're super strong, you can tap into everything. Shit, that sounds like a fair trade-off for me. Right. You're a fucking superhero now. What are you whining about? Anyway, you got anything else to say about this shit? Oh, it was a cool movie. Uh, I hope it, you know, I hope the second one's better. I actually want to see these movies do well. I'm tired of the beef people have, like Marvel vs. DC. Who cares? All those shit look the same at the end of the day. Yeah, but Marvels are better. Yeah, they're, they're better because they actually have a plan. That's why they're better. They've been doing this shit for almost a decade. So it's like, you know, they had this shit mapped out. Yeah. And, I don't know, just... It just... The, the writing is better. Like, it's just... It's just better overall. <laughs> I don't know what to like. When it when it when it comes when it comes to certain movies, like when they want to like do it right, DC can do it. Because Wonder Woman it was an example of them doing it right. Batman versus Superman, it just seemed like somebody said, "Okay, let's just make a movie about Batman and Superman." It was pointless. It was absolutely pointless movie. It was pointless. And like Wonder Woman, it had a point. This movie, it had a point, but I feel like there was, I don't know, maybe it was just a lot of characters because something just didn't, it just didn't all curl all the way over, but it still wasn't bad. So, what's what, what what's the next cool. what's the next movie they got coming out? What's the next DC movie? Uh, probably the Suicide Squad too. Oh shit. Oh yeah, and Lex Luthor. I was, I like uh I like Jesse's uh portrayal of Lex. People complain I do about too. it. I have no problem Well, I like him. Where I said I, I like Jesse Eisenberg. I think he's I think he's um talented. And like when I heard he was playing him, I was like, Well, that makes sense. Shit, he played Mark Zuckerberg, that's basically the same person. Mark Zuckerberg, Lex Luthor, same. Right, kind of yeah. You know, go watch it if you have it. If you like superheroes, go watch it. That's another thing too. People like I, I have no problem with people liking superheroes. That's cool. You don't have to read the books to like the superheroes. That's cool. But don't be acting like you're some fucking I don't know expert on the fucking characters just because you watched the movie. Like chill out with that shit. Because right. once I mention some shit, you're gonna be like, oh, well, I don't read the comic books. But you, don't act like you're a fucking expert. Because you see, I don't do Whatever. that shit. I don't know who, who, what the fuck you just said about uh. Barry Allen and Zippity Boo Bop, whoever whoever you say it. Wally, Wally was never. <laughs> so, I mean, basically at this point, as far as superheroes go, we're just ready for Black Panther. Yeah, Black, Black Panther, I'm ready for. What well, Black Panther sucks though? Or are you rooting for everybody Black then? Ah, shit, man, I'm be real upset if it sucks. Woo! I'm be real upset and very disappointed with Ryan Coogler. I don't think nobody's gonna come out loud and say it. I think people I'll don't say think, like, shit. Will you really? Yeah. Shit, I said Salon's album was terrible. Salon's album wasn't terrible. It was just weird and stupid. Weird and stupid. <laughs> I mean, stupid might be worse than terrible, but. Yeah, that's not good. How you gonna try to backpedal out of saying it by <laughs> more? Okay, I said I said it about Solange album, Solange's album, and Solange's album just wasn't 
it wasn't that great. It was not as great as these motherfuckers said. That's all we have this week. Uh, Have a great holiday. Uh, Enjoy your friends. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your food. Enjoy the comfort. You know, just being alive. Be thankful. Be grateful. (laughs) Don't be a hater hoe. Greater hoe. Okay, DJ Khaled. What the fuck? All right. Uh, email questions, comments, concerns to on the upside podcast at gmail.com. Uh, nobody's emailed us in a while. And I would be thankful if somebody sent me an email to that email address that I just gave and tell me about something that you're obsessed with right now a TV show, a movie, an album. Tell me what you can't stop watching or listening to. Tell her, because I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's good, don't tell me no whack shit. Because you know, I, I'll tell you if it's whack. I'll talk about it on the show. I'm like, so somebody emailed us this whack bullshit. <laughs> no, I won't do it on the show, because that might deter uh, future people from uh, emailing. You know, if we were ever to get any emails. But that's it. That's all I got. Take us out, Robbie Rob. You gotta stop calling me that. Only certain people can call me that. You're not one of those people. Oh, excuse me. No, I'm just playing. You can call me whatever you want to call me. Uh, okay, you know, stay black. Don't be whack. And if you're no, oh shit, how does it been so long? Okay, stay black. Don't be whack. And if you're not, fuck. Stay black, and if you're not black, don't be whack. Is that how it goes? <laughs> Hello? I'm just out here letting you struggle. Okay, take 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 12. <laughs> Stay black, don't be whack. And if you're not black, just be yourself. Just be you. That's my line, but okay. And good night.